Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. In this two-part episode, we are shining the podcast spotlight on our awesome facilities teams at Framestore. To do this, I had the pleasure of speaking with Alison Turner, Framestore co-founder and global director operations and infrastructure, plus OG official employee number three, Elvis Baptiste, our London facilities manager. This episode has been requested multiple times, so we're giving the people what they want this week. You're welcome. So here we go. Episode 39, part one of the Framestore podcast with Alison Turner and Elvis Baptiste, our facilities and operations special. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast. Every two weeks, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's role, craft or career path, and we let the magic happen. But instead of our usual format, we're dedicating this episode to our brilliant facilities and operations teams across all of our eight global sites. And to do this, our special guests this week are... Alison Turner, Global Director, Operations and Infrastructure, and Elvis Baptiste, London Facilities Manager. Now, Alison really needs no introduction, although she's getting one anyway. As one of Framestore's original founders back in 1986, Alison initially served as production manager for three years. Subsequently, she moved to Barcelona, where she set up and ran O-Frame, a joint venture between Framestore and Spanish production company O-Video. On her return to the UK in 1994, Alison transitioned to a leadership position with design company Lambinen, a long-standing Framestore client, progressing from senior account director to group head. After seven years, Alison left Lambinen to set up her own company, Home Planners Limited, specialising in interior design and project management for residential renovation projects. In October 2012, Alison returned to Framestore, spearheading our Canadian expansion, that's a great word, and within a short span of 10 months assumed the role of Head of Building Services, also covering maternity leave for the Head of Resourcing during this period. This brings us bang up to date, where over the past seven years and counting, Alison has been our Global Director of Operations and Infrastructure. Elvis also doesn't need an intro, but here we are. Officially, Framestore employee number three, according to HR, Elvis Baptiste has been the London Studios legendary facilities manager since 1999. Elvis has been pivotal in managing the London studio from its early days, split across London's Soho sites on Welsh Street and Poland Street, to February 2018, where both our London offices were united under one new roof within a single collaborative space at Swanky 28 Chancery Lane. So that's the big intro. Welcome to the podcast, Alison and Elvis. How are you this fine London morning. Good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure and uh, quite a wonderful coincidence that we're recording this in uh, 
in the studio today, uh, albeit in different nooks and crannies. And when I say nooks and crannies, if this was a video podcast, I can literally see you both behind me in one of the uh, the blue the blue tinted booths. Um, so yeah, the irony that we're talking about the building and we're in the building, I think, is pretty cool today. And we didn't plan that, right? You could have done this from home, yeah. done this from anywhere in the world. Um, so before we get into it, I'm really excited about this episode. One, because it's uh, what the people want. You've been requested on numerous episodes, uh, anecdotal conversations around the building on various calls. People want to hear about how, you know, how the building's managed. When I talk about the building, I'm talking about the collective building. You know, uh, Alison, you're creating a global role, so you're supporting all eight studios, right? Is that fair to assume that you are helicoptering over all eight of our global studios? Yes, absolutely. I am, which is what makes it such an interesting, interesting job, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Elvis, you're tasked with with the London studio, so we get to That's get right, both, yeah. both perspectives on this this conversation, right? You get we get the London vibes from Elvis and global from Alison. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I just make sure that uh, any problems I have. I'm quickly on the phone to Alison so she can help resolve them. <laughs> <laughs> convenient, convenient. Um, so uh, before, we, I mean, we're here to kind of obviously take you through the Frame Store dailies and we love to get everybody's different take on the, the 13 dailies questions, but it wouldn't be a Frame Store podcast without an unplanned preamble. So these are the questions that I haven't sent you in advance. And uh, uh, it's just because I'm super interested, right? And uh, Alison, I'm really keen to get under the skin of, you know, when store was founded because you were part of those conversations and Elvis I really want to talk about the your experience you know seeing London go from its original inception all the way through to this huge building we're in now but I'd love to start with you Alison because you've had a quite a diverse uh, journey within Framestore from being one of the original founders to now serving as uh, global director of operations and infrastructure and uh, in your opinion or you know or from your experience you know uh, across the different roles and the different sites you know what how has your perspective been shaped, uh, particularly your, your take on the company's growth and development? I mean, what's what's that been like for you? Oh, it's been, an, you know, it's been obviously an absolutely amazing journey. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think what's really interesting is, you know, I left Framestore when I came back from Barcelona, I think Framestore probably had about 30 employees. And when I came back, it had, you know, close to... <laughs> Well, over 2,000 and heading up to 3,000. Mm. But, um, you know, coming back into the company and working for it, it was, you know, it was like I hadn't been away. The kind of the culture, the people, the kind of feel of the company mm. and, and, you know, the work that the, they were doing, you know, we are still doing great creative work, you know, hadn't really changed in that in that period when I'd been out of the company, even though the size of the company had mm. had changed a lot. Yeah, and, and over the years, uh, having, you know, having seen... Uh, frame store grow and you're obviously a big part of the uh, the canadian expansion and then looking back eight studios you know the americas mumbai melbourne um london you know the whole the whole kind of company you know what's the is there a can you talk about the secret ingredient that makes those frame store uh, frame store studios frame store facilities you know is there a kind of a, a sprinkling of culture that that you add to those buildings and those spaces? I mean, it just has to be the people, yeah. you know, um, the people that we, you know, we find to work in those various studios. There's always, I mean, each studio definitely has its own its own character, mm. to some extent its own culture because, it's, you know, it's global, it's across the world. Yeah. Um, but it, I think each, it, it is the sort of people that work in there that have that, mm. that embody that frame store culture. 
And I'm not quite sure how that happens, but I guess it's, yeah. you know, um, as we employ more people and they're employed by the people who already work in Framestore, mm. you look for kind of like-minded people and yeah. and that's how it's kind of grown. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it is amazing how you can walk into any of those studios and uh, although they might look a little bit different, the feel of it is very much mm. sort of, you know, you can tell you're in a Framestore studio. Yeah. Well, to, uh, back to your perspectives, Alison, you know, we talked to, uh, you know, you know I, I kind of you know, skirted over the, the surface of your, your, your long career. Um, but, you know, your experience extends beyond Framestore, right? Which I didn't know. I assumed because you're one of our founders that you founded the company with Mike and, and William and co. And you've been here on that whole journey. But you have quite a diverse career, which is great. And that's why I love doing this podcast. It forces me to do a bit of research. And thank you for helping me uh, being factually correct. No, so, I'm sorry I had such a terrible LinkedIn profile. didn't help you at all. But... <laughs> not at all. And, and I, I'm, I'm notorious for LinkedIn by my, my only source of, uh, of research. It's lazy research for sure. Um, but, you know, you founded your own company, right? So you've got that kind of entrepreneurial uh, experience as well. You know, how has that influenced your uh, your approach to leadership within Framestore? Um, I mean, you have to be across, when, you know, I did that mainly because I just wanted a bit more flexibility in my working day. Mm. I had my daughter. Um, I just, yeah, I wanted to have more sort of flexible hours, etc. Mm. I had somebody in my house doing some work for me. And he was project managing it really badly. <laughs> and given the sort of skills you have when you work in production, for, you know, for anything really, you know, the organisational mm. skills, scheduling, I just thought, my goodness, I could do that better than him. So yeah. that was where my idea sort of came from. And I rather launched myself into it. And there were certainly some challenges along the way. Um, but I think that is the only thing you can do when you start up your own company is just launch yourself into it. Yeah. Be, obviously, be as prepared as possible, but they're bound to be. And I and I learned, uh, and you know, it was a very steep learning curve, I have to say, yeah. <laughs> working with the building trade. But, um, you know, it was really interesting and it made me a lot more resilient. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it gave me a good understanding of what it's like to, you know, on a very small scale run your company. But I think that helps. You know, when you move back into sort of bigger business, like coming back to frame store, mm. um, you have a lot more empathy with maybe the sort of management yeah, side yeah. of it and the challenges that there are kind of behind the scenes, really, that a lot of people don't don't see in their day to day. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it like that, having that kind of empathy because you've been on that side of it, really. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was very small scale, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if your career had been any different if you hadn't had that bad experience with the, the folk working in your house. If they did an amazing project management job, maybe we'd be having a very different conversation now. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Sliding doors. Yeah. When I came back to Framestore, that's, you know, I kind of amalgamated the two parts of of my previous careers yeah. by going out to Montreal and helping to set that studio up and kind of managing the build out and then, you yeah. know, obviously moving on onto the sort of facilities side. So, yeah, it kind of brought that production side that I'd originally had with mm-hmm. Framestore and Cal before that um, and my kind of knowledge of, of uh, yeah. the kind of construction industry to some degree together. So it was, yeah, it was interesting. That's really interesting. I love that. And, you yeah, know, we talk a lot about production roles being kind of the ultimate project managers, right? You know, whether it's a, a commercial project in-house, a massive show, you know, it's all about making sure you've got the right people in the right the right holes, doing the right jobs, and 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 uh, you know, and literally being the puppet master behind all of that, really, in many ways. And I think, uh, yeah, that it almost illustrates that transferable skill of 
working in production and, and project management. Great. Well, we're going to get into historics uh, shortly as we go through the dailies. But Elvis, I wanted to talk to you quickly about your management of the, the London studio and, and managing the building. And uh, I, I touched on this earlier that you would have witnessed the evolution of the, the workspace, the creative space from its early days to the present. And uh, now how has the design and functionality of Framestore London, of the workspace, contributed to the, the company's culture and, and productivity in your in your opinion? You know, because you would have ridden that wave from 99 to yeah. now. Working in Soho, um, the buildings that we were working out of, unfortunately, <laughs> we had so many problems with be it aircon, you name it, there was always an issue going on. And and the first thing that you have to learn is to deal with, um, uh, first of all, the complaints. And there was a lot of them because obviously uh, it wasn't the uh, greatest conditions to work under. Mm. And then you've got to deal with those contractors who are coming in to fix it. And uh, one thing I've always learned is, you know, sort of, never trust a contractor when they say, yep, that's it, it's all working, that's it, and they go away because you'll end up calling them about a couple of days later to try and resolve the issue. So having to manage people's expectations, which is really important, Mm -hmm. as long as people know that you're doing the best you can Mm -hmm. and you are chasing and trying to get things resolved, it makes life a lot easier. So coming into Chancery Lane, we had to work out exactly, okay, we've got seven floors. Each floor will have a T-point or two T-points. They're going to need these. Uh, If staff are going to be working all the hours, we need to look after them. We need to work out what we can do. How's the cafe going to be set up? What can we provide? And it's all of those things that you need to take into account. Um, People's cultures as well, being able to, uh, you know, take into account that some people prefer to do other things or they prefer to work another way or um, basically just trying to cater. Uh, We get requests all the time about things that people need um, that they would like to do. And it's being able to listen to what people say and if you can accommodate, help them out, just trying to do that. and, uh, and that, that's one of the things I love about Framestore is that the, the people that come in here, the diversity that's here, um, you've got some really good friends, people that you've known a long time, you've grown up with, yeah. as it were, um, and to look at them now and see what they've achieved. It's so good. And and then you get the CSAs, the FAs, the runners that start out. It's their first job coming into the building. Yeah. And uh, we're being asked to, to guide them as well. There is a lot of satisfaction in this job, mm. but you can get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you must have seen so many stories then. You know, so many very senior people at Framestore now who started out on reception, started out as runners. Absolutely, and yeah. All that time, which is so cool. Yeah, and people, the, the other thing I love is people that leave and then they come back five years or six years right. later and it's like, oh my God. And before you know, you're back to having conversations again. It's like they hadn't gone. And um, I remember one time Framestore had a party for people that had been here for more than 10 years, I think it was. And um, I was just amazed at how many people there were. Yeah. And that's that says a lot about the company, that so many people have stuck around 
for so long mm. they're happy working there so yeah and, and even when I speak to a lot of my friends outside of Framestore and I say to them that you know there are people that have been here a long time and the first thing they say well it's got to be a really good yeah. place to work out and as far as I'm concerned it is so yeah I am very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you, Elvis. And, and a question for both of you, because the idea of culture is really interesting to me in that culture, you know, the building plays such a massive part in creating that culture, if that's fair to say, you know, that place of work. And obviously we had, I'm not one of these pandemic bores, it was like back in the old days, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, went through, we went through it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, a lot of the conversations that I was having, because I've only been, I'm a baby, I've been here two years, uh, but the early conversations I had, and one of the reasons this podcast exists and the Global Mentoring Programme exists was to try and kind of, reconnect people because people felt they were losing a sense of culture because for obvious reasons everyone was you know, separated everybody was at home um what work do you do in, in operations and, and, and building management facilities to preserve culture and on a global scale not just london um it's a big question but i'd love to get your, your take on that well trying to get people back into the building is one big thing yeah I know. you know it's great to um you know when we did get people coming back in it was just so great to see and it was also I think people forgot what it was like to come in to work you know and actually yeah. work alongside your colleagues and actually that there are things that you miss by sitting at home and uh, mm. so yeah I mean we've tried to make it as you know welcoming an environment as we can mm. and you know obviously we have beer Fridays or mm. whatever monthly drinks and things like that so yeah but it's getting people back into the building and yeah. speaking to each other and everything that's important, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you, Elvis? What's your take on that? I think that uh, the good thing about facilities, the team itself, we've got a cracking, a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got people like uh, Charlotte, who does the staff inductions. Yeah. So their first experience of coming to Framestore is meeting someone like uh, Charlotte, who's really good with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really helpful. So they always feel welcome when they're coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, we always say to anybody that if you have an issue, a question, a concern, email facility support. We look after yeah staff inductions. We look after the first aid. We look after the welfare um, when there are functions going on. And we get tons of requests for functions again um, our job is to make sure that we can try and uh, get everyone uh, well to at least accommodate the requests that come through Mm -hmm. so um, because it is really important um, even in the cafe when we do have uh, month-end drinks and and things like that Mm -hmm. we will try um, you know there was a time when we had food uh, you know, we, we would try and work out what what sort of food, what we haven't done before. Um, if there is, um, as you are aware, that when there are um, cultural events going on yeah. and we invite people to bring some treats in or we'll try and do something to celebrate mm-hmm. uh, a certain culture. So we are, we're always trying to um, embrace any cultures uh, that come into Framestore mm-hmm. and um, and when we can or where we can try and help them out and work with them we will try and do that because it's really really important. Yeah thanks Elvis and you talk about kind of being made to feel welcome that sense of belonging which yeah. really is really important in any workspace or even when you come in external to that as well. You know? Absolutely yeah. My experience of Framestore historically was when I used to work at the mill and with my work um, with uh, Access VFX and we used to have Ben's Amy was kind enough to organise the space and 
my my experience pre-working at Frame Store was always really lovely. Like I, I always recognised the, the whoever was on reception. I see you running around like a, a blue ass fly over us all the time at the events. You know, you're yeah. always there. You're always a presence. And there was that kind of even coming in. And I joined really right off the back of you know the pandemic. Really, so coming in and see having those those familiar kind of nuances was great for me to, yeah. to kind of. In, let alone having a great induction and you know meeting cool people just just kind of those little uh yeah it felt like home you know uh, absolutely and, that, and that's that's what we want to do i mean we want anyone that comes into the company um old or old or new to to feel welcome and to ensure that reception is going to be accommodating uh, that the fas or the csas as i said before if we can assist in any way yeah we will be there and we'll try and do that as best we can well, thank you both for uh, putting up with my uh, unplanned preamble. I just find this, I, I do find the, the area of building management really, really interesting. And I, I've got lots of other questions, but I'm going to save them. I'm going to weave them in to the Framestore podcast dailies questions, if that's okay, Alison and Elvis. So, uh, yeah. and, sure. and, you know, an esteemed company, you know, I, I keep, there's a little kind of voice in my head that's going, you're here with like two like OGs of Framestore. You've got so <laughs> much history. And there must be so many moments and kind of, gossip moments and just these lovely stories that you've got and we've only got so much time to go through it so uh, the, the frame store dailies questions are designed in a way that we kind of tease that out so if you're both ready and ready to go i reckon we drop the dramatic sound effect from on high you ready yeah. yes okay cue dramatic sound effect We are in to the dailies, Elvis and Alison. So my first question is, and uh, I know I've introduced you both already. People know who you are, but I always ask this anyway, because people have a different take on it, which is the, the who, where, what. Who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on? Now, sometimes you can't talk about what you're working on, particularly if you're working on shows. I'm not saying that's any different working in uh, buildings and facilities, <laughs> but uh, let's kick it off. Alison, why don't you kick us off? Who, where, what? I'm Global Director of Operations and Infrastructure, so I'm responsible for looking after the physical operations and infrastructures of our buildings um, worldwide. Uh, I'm mostly based in London, but uh, the role does mean working across multiple projects at the same time. So I, obviously I support our facilities teams globally, but recently I've just finished negotiating to sublet the parts of our building in London and in Montreal because obviously with hybrid working, we're not requiring quite so much space. And we've also been focusing on our net zero targets, so calculating our emissions mm, yes. across all our, our buildings and functions worldwide. Uh, and setting ourselves some targets for net zero and looking at how we can achieve that by 2045, which is going to be um, a big project and uh, quite yeah. challenging given our industry. I mean, it's huge. It's such a big, because uh, I'm, I'm, one of my questions was going to be around uh, speaking to the importance of sustainability and, and environmental considerations. And I know there's work going on behind the scenes. But to do that for eight eight separate studios must be a huge undertaking. I mean... Uh, how how's that going? How's that how's that project going, Alice? Uh Yeah, well, we've we've really done what we've done is complete a sort of what, what we call baseline year. So we've done our emissions, and that will be setting our baseline for you know each each year after that, where we recalculate our emissions. We can measure how much we've we've reduced them mm-hmm. during that period. So um, we had the help of a consultancy who are specialists in 
in looking at um, and calculating all those emissions. But it was a big task for all the facilities mm-hmm. teams to gather all the information and to some degree finance as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's quite a complex field. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the scope one, it's divided into three scopes and I won't go into too much detail, but it's uh, scope one and scope two are the main sort of, you know, your power usage basically, um, which as you probably realise, is quite high mm. for us. So, but, you know, just looking at things like green electricity um, in all our sites, uh, unfortunately, we don't always have control of that because in London, we're lucky that we manage the building, we manage our own electricity contract. In other buildings, um, it's our landlord, etc. So it is, it's a big project and, and, you know, but we really want to focus on it and try and hit those targets that we've set ourselves over the next uh, 20 odd years. Cool. Yeah, well, it's, it's important work, uh, as, you, as you know. And uh, yeah, I imagine there's a lot, a lot of, I, I predict a lot of reporting in, in, in your future, Alison. Yes. Of, uh, yeah, regular, regular st- statting. But yeah, really important work. Absolutely. And, and great to hear that, uh, that continues. Um, what about you, um, Elvis? What's, uh, what's your who, where, what? Who are you, where are you and what are you working on? Um, apart from just you know, keeping everybody in line in London. <laughs> I'm the uh, facilities manager at uh, 28 Chancery Lane. Uh, jobs we're currently working on our ever failing uh, lifts are always uh, a bone of contention in this building um, yeah so um, apart from a, a failing lift every now and again um, and more importantly we are constantly uh, working on floors uh, clearing the sixth yeah. floor uh, in preparation for uh, our new tenants that's just joined um, we are forever building new suites creating meeting rooms, uh, different workspaces. Um, Framestore's desire for new spaces because of different departments or jobs that we're working on uh, will contract and expand all the time, so we just need to be prepared for it. So every uh, at least once a month we we would be working on... um, either uh, creating a new space or moving desks around and coming up with some other idea or a booth or a suite for someone to work in. So, yeah, we're constantly doing that. And as you quite rightly pointed out, this is a very large building. So um, the role of a facilities manager and the team is to manage that building, be it the aircon, mm. uh, the uh, the lifts, uh, lighting, you name it. Uh, so that yeah. is just an ongoing thing. The, the new the new workspaces. I, I love it when when you convert spaces. It reminds me of um, you know those kind of gangster movies where the, you go into the speakeasy and the police roll up and, <laughs> That's right, and yeah. the speakeasy turns into kind of like they flip the tables over and there's a sliding wall and <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah. The, the recent uh, changes that have been made, I just think it, it went up so quickly. Like I'd be coming out the lift, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's a polythene up there. That's <laughs> a new wall that just appears and. Within a, if it was like within a week, there's a whole new set of people sitting there or people have been moved around. I just think it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really good. I think we're pretty fortunate that we have got a pretty good team with us. And um, so we are able to sit down and uh, work out, even if it means doing drawings, getting the drawings up, working to plan 
and then being able to turn it around very quickly. So uh, yeah. one of the biggest jobs we did was moving people from the sixth down to the second, mm-hmm. which um, incorporated quite a few departments as well, not just facilities, systems, engineering, all of that. And um, yeah, with uh, Alison guiding us and you know we were working together, we managed to turn that around very, very quickly uh, and to get everyone in position. So yeah. Yeah, it's an ever-changing role. It's something that's physical. It's living and breathing. And uh, there are always changes, modifications, requests coming in. Yeah, It's almost like an an entity, isn't it, a building? It's kind of got blood coursing through it. You've got organs. I don't know the way you talk about it. I've got a sense that it's not just bricks and mortar. It, it really, it really is, yeah, yeah, it really is. And we, we just have to be prepared to be able to uh, hopefully accommodate if the space or the requirements allow us to yeah mm, brilliant add an, add an extra floor later sure. <laughs> yeah that's asking a bit too much now <laughs> you never know keep expanding keep expanding yeah um, brilliant brilliant thank you elvis and uh, the next question really and i kind of i've mentioned years and stuff and i know elvis you're, you're threatening to walk out of the podcast if i mention your age so i'm not going to mention your age i'm just going to hit that leave button about <laughs> <laughs> exactly inject a seat <laughs> But I do have a question, which is kind of how long have you worked here? You know, and I know, Alison, you had a, a slight break and, and Elvis, you know, I'd love to get your take on that. But how long have you been you know, in the the body of the frame store beast? You know, as we said earlier, the uh, the living, breathing facility, Alison, what's your what's your tenure? Uh, I think it's about 18 years altogether. So actually, I've been back this for my second tenure longer than I was here for my first one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, around 18 years altogether. Okay, so nearly, nearly the big 20. Yeah. I'm sure there's an, a gift somewhere or some big celebration <laughs> in your future. Do, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Elvis, what's your, what's your official tenure? Well, I, I would say it's over 20 years. Oh, come on, Elvis, <laughs> yeah. be honest. Come on. <laughs> Um, just slightly over 20 years, and I shan't say any more than that, but it has right. been... Um, I think we just have to say that Elvis was, I think, might have been third employee, but it seemed to me that you were our first employee, Elvis. So. Yes, okay, Alison, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that fact, though. It's kind of, I had to check it with Anne, our, our HR director, saying, you know, I, I, people tell me that Elvis is technically employee three but can you just confirm and she confirmed it and i was on a call with uh, a courier head of studio in mumbai and i said i'm about to do a podcast with elvis and allison in. and even he said oh employee number three i'm like okay brilliant well it's clearly uh, it's clearly fact i'm clearly on strong i have to change this i'm sure i wasn't but um, yeah <laughs> anyway yeah you can take take it up with hr, with HR. <laughs> um um, all right, now we're getting into the meaty stuff, and I really want to hear about this because, uh, again, you've both been with us a long time. And, and this question is about how did you get your break in the VFX industry? So a lot of people take um, their break at different points. Some people kind of think it's when they started working in visual effects. Some people go, well, it was a moment. But, uh, 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 Alison, what would you consider to be your – I mean, you started. You're one of the, the originals, right? So uh, but I'd love to get your interpretation of this question, if that makes sense. Yes, well, I, I mean, I worked at, actually, originally, I wanted to get into documentaries. didn't quite know what happened as it wow. segued into VFX, <laughs> but uh, um, but I'm, I'm very happy about that. But um, I started working for a company, it was mainly because a friend of mine said, oh, there's a job as a production coordinator in this company called Cal Videographics, who were another one of the first companies to get into the videographics world, as it was called then. And... 
so I thought, oh, well, it give me some experience in the sort of production skills, etc. So um, I went for the job and got it. That so that really was my first break, and then um, whilst I was there, I was. Jonathan Hills, who was also one of the other founders of Framestore, mm. was a freelancer at the time and he was working there. Um, and he was the one that really put me in contact with Sharon and William mm. and Mike. And yeah, so I got the opportunity to sort of discuss with them about becoming a founding member of this new new entity, which was, you know, just such an amazing opportunity. Yeah. It was just about being in the, you know, in the right place at the right time, I guess, really. So yeah. How did that all kick off then? I mean, I really want to kind of get under the skin of how uh, how a studio now. I mean, Frame Store's huge, and it's a yeah, it's a it's a household name in the industry. Uh, but I'd love to kind of go back in time and just kind of I don't know, be a fly on the wall uh, for those or be privy to those conversations. I mean, how did that idea get off the ground to launch the the Frame Store? Yeah, I mean, it was really it was a sort of William and Sharon uh, and Mike. I think was working with Sharon at the time. You know, they were working for another company that did sort of retouching of digital retouching of photos for newspapers. Mm. And um, yeah, they just sort of got into discussions about starting this company. They met up with Steve Barron, who was running Limelight Productions, etc. Started talking to a few interested parties who might, you know you know, not only invest in this company, but bring work into the company as well. And then mm. they were working with Jonathan. Jonathan was working with me. So we kind of all came together to discuss it at William and Sharon's house, I think, okay. one evening. And, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And I uh, we set up in um, a few rooms in Ferrum Street, which sadly, Ferrum Street doesn't exist anymore. It's been knocked down for the Elizabeth line, which mm. I do feel a bit sad about. But, um yeah, and it was, as with any startup, it was incredibly hard work. Mm, of course. You know, Sharon and I, Sharon was managing director, I was production manager, but we were doing everything like the first project. We were working on a culture card promo. We had to literally go down to the machine room, Sharon and I, on shifts, sort of 24 hours a day, changing what, this is really showing my age here, one inch tapes over so we could record frame yeah. by frame at the time for this particular project. Wow. So, yeah, we were absolutely thrown in the deep end, but um, it was just a good bunch of people, some great yeah. creatives some you know, people with good vision. William had some good financial skills to bring to it um, in terms of getting investors and, you know, mm. sorting out well, the financial side. So, yeah, I think it was just a good bunch of people who just sort of managed to make it, make it work at a very... You know, obviously the industry was very new, but it was going to grow into such a, mm. you know, big beast. And we were right at the beginning of it and were able to sort of grow with it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a moment where you thought we're on to something here? I mean, apart from kind of those early, early conversations, was it a particular project or you know, show or was it um, how you were interacting as a team? I mean, what, was there a moment where you thought, I think this is going to be big? I really don't think so. I think my heads were just down in <laughs> right, yeah, in the weeds, kind of, yeah, in, in, in kind of getting you know getting the work out and doing it. And I, I mean, maybe I was thinking about this earlier. There was a great one of my sort of key projects that I always remember. That I really loved was a series of programs called The Storyteller, which was um, Henson production. Um, oh yeah. And, you know, when I when you look back, you know, it was written by Anthony Mingella. It was produced by Duncan Kenworthy. But they were all quite you know, they weren't 
sort of particularly famous people at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Barron was directing one, um, Charles Sturridge, and it was such a lovely, lovely piece of work. Um, and it really sort of stands out to me as one of the sort of moments perhaps when I just thought, gosh, you know, we are just working on some really amazing projects. And Henson's, Henson obviously was a very well-known name at the time. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that was sort of my moment of feeling like, gosh, you know, mm. we're doing some fantastic work. But, yeah, we've worked on a lot of very different and, you know, great yeah. creative projects. So. Yeah. But it was, you know, as I say, like any startup, it was incredibly hard work at the beginning. And, and we really all had to pitch in and, and do everything, you know, Yeah. which totally. I think is is great experience, you know. Totally. Yeah, you mentioned a, a culture club promo, then it took me right back to my childhood. I was like, yeah. wow. Don't <laughs> yeah. tell me you're a child. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I know that still works on Take on Me by Aha. Uh, Mark McGee always talks about it in the, yeah. uh, the history talks that we do for all our work experience folk and, and interns. And it just takes me back to the we used to have a VHS video where my dad used to tape all the music videos from Top of the Pop. So he had this kind of like almost edited <laughs> <laughs> edited VHS like 180 minute uh, you know I don't know Maxwell tape which started with Michael Jackson's Thriller and then it was our hard take on me and then it was just a, any old 80s stuff after that. But, you know, that's my memory. And then it's really weird coming back and sitting in the room with Mike McGee talking about yeah. working on Take On Me and the creative that went behind it. I'm like, wow, talk about kind of like, a you know, completing the loop. Yeah, full cycle. Crazy. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll unpack all of this, but I want to hear from you, Elvis, about your break in the VFX industry. I'd love to hear about how you found out about Framestore as well and how you uh, how you got the gig. It was really strange. I was um, I was working at the uh, Royal Institute of British Architects as a bookkeeper okay. in the uh, magazine section, and um, I'd been there about a year. And uh, this ad had come up um, through an agency working for a uh, post production company. I can't remember what it was called, and I didn't really think much of it. I went to the interview. And, and I just thought, oh, God, this is really cool. It's working in the TV industry and all of this stuff. Um, I was interviewed by uh, Alison, uh, which was a bit scary at the time, actually, by <laughs> Alison wow. and Jared. Um, <laughs> and um, I walked away thinking, oh, wow, I'd really like this. It looks really cool. Be, I could tell all my friends. You know, At that time, I was going out, partying and going to really nice restaurants and all of that sort of stuff. So to be in the industry as well and, you know, once in a while you bump into someone famous, it's great for me. So um, I heard back that I'd got the job and I started. And I think the first week I was making teas and coffees and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, well, I'll edit that bit out to my friends. They don't need to know about that. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, so I started as a bookkeeper. Um and uh, and as Alison was saying, that uh, at that point you did a bit of absolutely everything there as well. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time when Alison, Mike, uh, John, uh, Jonathan Hills, and uh, Sharon they all went out for a shoot, and uh, and Jonathan was a uh, an editor there, and he said to me, "Right, Elvis, what I want you to do, uh, I want you to load all of these frames into a paint box." And so all I had to do was put it down, click on an image. 
and then do the next one. And I, that was just my whole world. I couldn't believe that I was doing this. <laughs> he trusted me to do it. And I did it. Okay. And while they were out doing this uh, shoot in Fairham Street, I was just doing this. And I was saying to all my friends, oh, my God, you never guess what I did today. And all my friends were like, oh, man, you're so lucky. You're so cool. You're doing this and you're doing that. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And then the role would have uh, progressed over the years, right, to be in full-blown leadership. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what happened was um, as much as I loved, uh, as I said, I started out as a bookkeeper, and as much as I loved finance, um, one of the things that happened was that Framestore had just taken on another company called the Computer Film Company. And so finance was then moved over to Well Street. And um, and. I got so used to working with a lot of people, seeing different people moving about and working in Well Street, we were then in a room and that was it. And mm. I just thought, oh, I really miss, you know, sort of sort of just working and interacting with people and, and all of that. So uh, a job came up as a client services manager. It's part looking after the building, but mostly looking after the client food-wise and uh, managing the caterers and uh, looking after the runners and managing them as well, which I absolutely loved. It was more me. It was more actually speaking to clients and getting to know them, uh, nurturing the runners. As I said, they'd come in, they'd be wet behind the ears. They, a lot of them wouldn't have even known how to make a tea or coffee or serve a drink. Yeah. And so being able to show them how to do that, um, looking at the sort of food that we would serve to clients, um, the sweets, how they looked, uh, the upkeep of those and making sure that uh, everything looked perfect for when a client walked through the door, the experience they came in and had and with by the time they left. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that, that's what it was all about. So my job just kept on. And then I just moved into, um, as a company, grew larger there's only so much you can do and there's no way I could sort of try and look after clients from a uh, a service point of view when there's also a building or wherever there's runners so as the company grew mm. people were then you know we had a head runner someone that looked after the runners someone that would look after the catering which would allow me to then look after the building side of things and and it's grown ever since really yeah, I mean, it's kind of like setting the standard for facilities management, isn't it? Because it's not just, I'm glad you mentioned runners and client service, actually, Elvis, because it's not just about managing the moving parts of the building, as you so eloquently put it earlier. Absolutely not, no. It's talent management as well. Like every facilities person I've worked with, particularly when they have the runner model, is nurturing those runners, you know, ensuring there's nobody really, typically my experience of runners is they, they're empowered to take charge of their own destiny. <laughs> but you have these really great facilities people and teams that nurture those runners to go right get into that suite speak to that artist speak to that producer speak to hr speak to whoever you know absolutely and one of the things that we were really pleased to be able to say to people when they joined framestore as a runner was that framestore really really good at pro promoting from within yeah and so many runners that started to work in production or other areas and, um, yeah, and as I said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, that the fact that so many people have stuck around for a long time, and it is, it's all to do with the way that Framestore look after people, try to promote them, get them in, looking at different avenues. Um, it, it's really good. And to know that you're a part of it yeah. and 
and just to see how well people have grown over a period of time, it is it's yeah. it's so rewarding. Yeah, like you say, it goes back to that sense of belonging and yeah, being part of that 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 family, which I guess is neatly gets me into the next question or a neat segue into the next question. So we've already established from my earlier question that Alison, you've been with us for around eighteen years. And Elvis, you've been with us for just over 20 years, as you as you put it. I'm not going to go any further on to that. <laughs> in, in your opinion, what's the best thing about being part of Brainstore at this point in your respective careers, Alice? Um, well, I think we've, we've kind of spoke about mm. through, you know, a lot of the questions we've already answered is, you know, it has to be the people yeah, that course. I work with and, uh, and, and the work that we produce, obviously, as well. But... It, it, it all comes down to the, to the people and well in terms of you know we have some great creative talented people but we have some great people who manage the um the company and yeah. the buildings and and as you know you know a lot of them have been here for a number of years it's a very good mix of sort of bringing new people in but people who've stayed with the company obviously because it's a good you know hopefully a good company to work for it has that you know use that word family mm. simon um just now and it has that sort of family feel even though it's a very you know it's a very large company now um but somehow it's managed to retain that you know a sort of small company feel whilst being you know giving you the opportunities of, of being quite a large company now yeah it's a really good point actually I mean, one thing i found is that access to see i mean this is this is case in point access to senior people i mean i don't think this would have happened in previous roles for me to be able to have this conversation you know uninterrupted literally a two-hour sitting to, to sit here and have this conversation, I think, is a, is a genuine privilege. And I don't think it happens a lot at all, you know. And I'm not speaking about the both of you. I mean, everyone, that would, uh, even if there's a, a challenge that I've got, I know I can jump on a G chat or, or swing by someone's desk and, and somebody will be willing to support and help regardless of hierarchy. And I think that's really special. So thank you for sharing that, Alison. So what about you, Elvis? What's your uh, take on the best thing uh, about being part of uh, the Good Ship Framestore? As I said before, it's the people that I get to work with. We've got a great team. We, our team, have seen so many changes um, pre-pandemic. Being able to get as much people and facilities out of the building to allow people to work from home. Yep. When the building was uh, more or less empty, we still had facilities people working here, mm-hmm. and uh, you do you, you get you get a sort of um, a, a really good togetherness. Mm-hmm. And then you tend to appreciate what you do, the building a lot more when people start to come back. Mm-hmm. The real sense I get from that is when I sometimes I go up to the fifth floor at lunch times and it's packed and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I haven't seen it this busy in such a long time. It's such a nice feeling to see people back in the building yeah. again because for so long it was empty. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for me, it's it's a visual thing. If I see a lot of people in the building, there's lots of moving, there's lots of things happening, you, you feel right, okay, we're going back to how we are now. I mean, yeah, frame store is a lot bigger. There's people working, a lot more people that are able to work from home and do things. But yeah, it's just, I like working with people. I like chatting to people. Yeah. And um, at Framestore, it gives you that opportunity to do that. So, yeah, it's the people for me. 100%. Yeah, but it's the right answer because everybody says people on every episode. So well done, both. Yeah. Good, good answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was part one. 
Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast out this Thursday as Alison and Elvis continue to take on the Framestore podcast daily's questions. See you then. Thank you.